I'm Kendall Holmes, producer Dylan Foreman, Joe Stolf. Welcome to Sandwich Cast. Welcome to Sandwich Cast, the podcast where we talk about sandwiches. This episode, we're dipping our beet, our beef into hot meat juice. That's right. We're discussing the wettest of sandwiches, the French dip. Uh, this is uh, going to be part one of our roast beef series. Uh, there are many, a lot of variations on roast beef that I believe that this is probably the first part in what I imagine will be an extended conversation over several episodes about roast beef sandwiches. Uh, it's a huge category. Um, I, I'm coming to realize. So to kick it off, we'll do the French dip. And here to discuss this uh, flavor bomb of a sandwich is my friend and colleague, Joe Stauff. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Stauff, Stauff. Stauff, Stauff. Uh, Stolf. I like Stolf better. That's Stolf. Yeah. Sounds more regal. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Joe and I worked together at a local restaurant. I was in front of house. He was in the kitchen, but we still just, uh, like vibe on food. And, you know, I was always, um, interested in what was going on back there, but I feel like we mostly vibed about like foraging and whatnot. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're yeah, an avid mushroom hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's um, a big, uh, tell me about that. Yeah. I got into it. Probably seven or eight years ago, I was camping uh, with a friend and uh, just happened to be morel season and like, you know, me being a chef and all that. I just really have always been really intrigued by like seasonality and locality. So like what's more local and seasonal than finding your own food? That's awesome. So we actually stumbled across like eight or nine morels of good size, like just kind of first time. First time? First time I ever found mushrooms. Uh, My friend had found them before, but then we're actually lucky that we didn't get pretty sick because then we kind of on this little high and we found some fiddlehead ferns and we didn't actually know what we, we, we found the right ones luckily, but can you fuck up and find the wrong? Fiddlehead yeah. Ferns? So the, as far as I know, I didn't do much research since then, but ostrich fern, uh, is edible if it's in a fiddlehead form. Sure. Um, and the key, one of the key indicators is that it has a groove in the stalk. So oh, damn, see, it's, I got lucky that I didn't like, you know, fuck up and right pick something else. I would have gotten, pretty sick yeah you could have been uh cramped up yeah and that bent was, over on that that was one. yeah first time i got lucky but yeah since then yeah i've i've still go out i didn't find any morels this year but chanterelle season's right around the corner june That's to right. september so we gotta we those bloom pretty pretty well out here and oh, it's yeah. part of, yeah, part of it's, the country they they like oak trees so yeah got a ton of oaks. tons of oaks yep yeah i um am, am less than an amateur when it comes to mushroom hunting. I'm, you know, I guess I have a little mycophobia. I mean, I'm, you know, I eat mushrooms all the time, but I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant to go plucking them. You know, I have harvested oysters just because I know it's hard to get poisoned by those. But for the most part, when I forage, you know, I usually go out in the spring and I try to find ramps, you know, yeah, I, I haven't done that in a few years, but, um, that's one great thing about living in the Midwest is, you know, you have ramps. You got pawpaws too. Pawpaws, yeah. Those are, those are interesting. I keep missing the season for those too. Uh, it's August, like September, September October. Yeah. They're not my favorite, admittedly. They're, they're no? it's cool that they're like a local custard apple. Yeah, kind of like a mango, but 
They got a kind of an off flavor to me. It's a temperate mango. They're a little vomity, huh? They got like they got a, a little, little funk to them for sure. Yeah, like a little um, butyric acid, like the, yeah, like that, maybe that's that vomity it. smell. Like, yeah, that's cool, man. I I still want to go on a mushroom hunt. Just so you know, yeah, yeah. Let me know, please. Let's run it. Like I said, awesome. June through September, it's gonna be chanterelles, Beautiful. among other things. Um, anything else been going on with you lately, man? Uh, I'm just working. I'm working at Rich's Proper Food and Drink in Covington. It's awesome. A great group. Chef Eric. Chef Eric. Shout out. Uh, yep. Eric Pohamis and Craig Lewis is a sous chef. Shout um, out to Craig. Working with them. We're working on a really awesome project, Opal. Um, it's going to be a live fire, uh, like casual fine dining kind of concept. It's going to be a rooftop bar and grill. Just up the street from us, like a two blocks on Madison Avenue. So I'm there. Hopefully any day, you know, it's just working on a build out right now. But yeah, we're eagerly waiting. So it's going to be pretty awesome to do something like that. I love a live fire restaurant. That's that's. I worked at a live fire restaurant um, in California and the steaks that came off of there were just oh, yeah. fantastic. The pork chops that came off of there were yeah even better in the steaks, if you ask me. What I've, I'm hearing now is like. I, I I don't know. Fifteen years ago, everyone discovered umami, but now they're talking about the sixth flavor might be char. <laughs> they're, they're saying so. I, I don't. Know. It's, it's it's up for debate. But that, that burnt nitrate. That's what you're after. Could, yeah, it could be a bitter, <laughs> but it could be confused with the bitter flavor. But they sure. Get, but yeah, well, it's yeah, they're like saying a, that might be the sixth flavor. I feel like that's like a cross between like that bitterness and the umami. Like yeah, you know, you kind of you definitely break down aminos when you're. I'm sorry, break down proteins when you're, you know, when you add fire like that. Sure. So I'm sure there's tons of glutamate and other oh, yeah. beautiful amino acids in that char. All right. Well, you know, my spiel normally goes something like this. A sandwich is a local expression of what people on the street at work and on the move eat. It's a package of flavors and textures that is the concentrated culinary essence of the working and leisure class. That's kind of, I feel like, in a cultural context, that's, you know, kind of what sandwiches are doing. Um, it doesn't really say anything about how sandwiches are structured or what is in them. But anthropologically or however you want to think of it, that's kind of what's happening here. Um, I don't think that there's a sandwich that kind of hits that tone more than a, than a French dip. Because it's like, you know, when I think of the French dip sandwich, I think of like old L.A., like with like when the fucking streetcars dinging by people sure. in, the, in the derbies and just a line of lunchtime workers queued around the block waiting for their fucking uh 10 cent beef dip sandwich you know and and that's kind of the origin of what where this kind of thing comes from um so the story goes there were two restaurants in los angeles um coles and philippe's they both claim to have invented the french dip it's not French. Sorry to disappoint <laughs> everyone. Um, they call it French dip because it was served on French bread. Also, the guy who owns Philippe's was a French person who immigrated to uh, America. Uh, he stopped off in, I think it says he stopped off in Buffalo first, and then he ended up in Los Angeles, opened his restaurants, blah, 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 and then finally he landed on this sandwich shot. And like, there's all this like apocryphal, stuff about how oh actually one of the chefs accidentally dropped the bun into the jus and served it anyway and then the french dip was born or no a customer complained about a stale bun and philippe got mad and dipped it in the juice and, and threw it at him but the customer liked it anyway 
oh no, actually he spilled it. You know, there's all these, all sure. these like, you know, yeah. apocrypha around it. And um, I love that shit. Nobody knows the real story. Right. You know what I mean? It's like they both claim it. Um, and they both have like kind of a plausible, you know, claim to it. Right. So um Coles and Philippe's. Have, have you have you been to either one of these spots in I LA? Have not, have no. I've been to Philippe's. I go to Philippe's whenever I go to LA, but I have not been to Coles. I don't know why. Um, still they're both still around then? They're both are still around. Okay. Um Philippe's claims to be the longest operating restaurant in Los Angeles. Like straight up, period. Okay. Um Coles had to shut down in like 2008 or something for uh, renovations. So technically they were closed and they, and they changed ownership, that type of thing. So, you know, these stories are always like super important to, to people and they always want to want to claim the first this or we did this the longest or whatever, you know, and that, I guess that just gives butts and seats, you know, people, yeah. people want to come to places like that. So um, I love a French dip. I, do you like a French dip? I don't have a ton of experience with French dips. I gotta say, my my first thing that comes to mind, which is kind of funny, um, I remember getting a, a French dip at Quiznos when Quiznos was still around. Dude, Quiznos was awesome. Quiznos, I w- we were just I was just looking this up because I was watching. Uh, if you guys are familiar with Nathan for you or not? Yeah, he went <laughs> Nathan to Nathan Fielder. He, yeah. yeah, Nathan Fielder. I was just rewatching some Nathan for you, and Quiznos is kind of like a recurring little like Easter egg, I would say. So we were right. looking up Quiznos locations and they're all in like Colorado. They're I think they around. came from Colorado. There used to be a bunch in New York when I, in New York city, when I lived there Yeah, and they like gradually like just like went away. I remember the commercials with the little that, sock like, monkey or something. Yeah. That was so weird. Late 90s. That like, it was like the, um, the pets.com dog, the Quiznos yeah. thing. It was like all like a weird collage. Yeah. It was a very specific aesthetic. like Yeah, like French dip, I remember. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Now, I've had French dips since, but I just don't have a ton of, ex- you know. Yeah, well, it's funny. That, it's funny it. that you mentioned Quiznos, man, because it's just like flood of memories came back. Sure. It was like Madeline's, you know, the Proust Madeline thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> fucking Quiznos. <laughs> but Quiznos is great because they toasted the subs. And yeah. And that was like the big thing. Oh, yeah. It like came out all bubbly and shit. That was, that was really good. Yeah. And it's funny, last time somebody mentioned Quiznos, it made me instantly think of Schlossky's. Do you guys remember Schlossky's? I don't know. Schlossky's I remember Deli. the name, but I don't think I ever went. Oh, man. So good. They had just like round bread that everything was served on. And it was like, it was also a toasted sandwich. Anyway, it was really good. That's what's beautiful about sandwiches, too, I think, is like, you know, you tweak this one little thing here. You do this one little signature move here. And you've like not only created something new, but everybody wants it and you're the hot shit for a minute. And then you just kind of go into the sandwich pantheon and then the next thing comes along, you know? People are constantly innovating. You guys watch Curb Your Enthusiasm at all? Familiar? I have. It's just too nerve-wracking for me, it's, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I kind of get off on that a little bit. With yeah. the, I, I kind of got that similar neurotic behavior sometimes, Fair. Larry David. Yeah. But there's a whole episode about him getting a sandwich named the Larry and, and it's like a really crappy sandwich. It's like <laughs> Sable and he wants to trade with Ted Danson. It's a whole thing at this deli. It's, I it's, think it's I've funny. seen that one. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's funny, but yeah, <laughs> getting your own signature sandwich, but it sucks. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Sable, man. Have, yeah. Have, have the Sable sandwich, yeah. bro. Larry wouldn't be satisfied with it. Right, right. I feel like. <laughs> cool. All right. So back to the French dip here. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go into what Wikipedia says. Cause I mean, honestly, Somebody took the time to edit it and 
they can say it far better than I can. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm also a little lazy. So here we go. <laughs> All right. So French dip sandwich, also known as a beef dip, is a hot sandwich. I like that. A beef dip. Beef dip. Jesus. Uh, it's a hot sandwich consisting of thinly sliced roast beef, uh, sometimes other meats, or I've seen it like roasted mushrooms for like a, you know, a vegetarian version. Yeah, speaking of foraging, I've, yeah, I bet mushroom some, dip uh, would be good. Uh, I bet a, like a... Um, like a shiitake mushroom oh, yeah. dip would be dope. Like, I just saw that yeah. mommy up in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And it's usually served on a French roll or a baguette. Though, I got to say, I don't think I see it, it. A baguette would be too hard, I feel like, though it would hold up to the to the Jew. But you want that, like, just, like, slightly crusty, like, what they call French bread. You know, it's not a baguette, but it's, like, it's, yeah, just a soft kind of French roll with a little bit of a crust on it. Sure. Uh, it's usually served plain, but a variation is to top with Swiss cheese, onions, and a dipping container of beef broth. Uh, I think originally they dipped the whole bread into the broth and then served it that way. But I like the, I like the cup on the side. You know, it's, it makes yeah. it a little bit interactive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of process. A beef broth produced from the cooking process termed au jus or with juice in the French. Uh, beef stock or a light beef gravy or a beef consomme is sometimes substituted. Uh, I think I've had it with all that shit. To me, what I think is important is that the jus comes from the cooking process of the roast beef. Because you, what you're doing is you're doubling down on the flavor of the meat that you're putting in that sandwich. And that's, you know, that's really what's happening. I mean, obviously, you're creating some wet texture and you're doing a little bit of... Um, you know, it's like culinary magic in the moment with that, but it's the it's the flavor. That's what you're doing. You that broth just is a flavor vehicle that will deliver it straight to your mouth. Yeah. Although the sandwich is most commonly served with a cup of jus or broth on the side, into which the sandwich is dipped, is eaten. That is how that is not how the sandwich was served when it was originally developed. Uh, two Los Angeles restaurants have claimed to be the birthplace of the French dip sandwich: Cole's Pacific Electric Buffet and Philippe the Original. Uh, Philippe is a spot that I've been to. Um, and Philippe's website describes the dish as a specialty of the house. And the words home of the original French dip sandwich are present in the restaurant's logo. At Philippe, the roll is dipped in the hot beef juices before the sandwich is assembled and served wet. While at Cole's, it is served with a side of beef juices. The sandwiches can be requested double dipped where both halves of the sandwich are dipped before serving. I didn't really get so elaborate with it. There's like, yeah, you double dip it. They got terminology. Etiquette. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You better say it right. It's kind of like, um, uh, I heard that's how it is in Philly with the Philly cheesesteak. Like if you don't oh, know what yeah. you're doing, like you want the cheese yeah. whiz, you want yeah, the provolone, yeah, yeah. like an outsider. You want the, yeah, it's like an etiquette or crispy. A, yeah, yeah, totally. You can, there's all, yeah. I do have, um, somebody lined up for a Philly cheesesteak episode. Who's from Philly. Um, I hope she delivers. Yeah. Let's see. We got to we got to do some deep research for that. I might have to go to Philly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what's going on with the French dip at Philippe's and Coles. You know, there's all these different, you know, like I said, apocrypha about how it was originally formed or whatever. I mean, I think like like anything, like we've been talking about, like we talked about with um the ham sandwich episode, which uh should have dropped by now. Uh, or in our first episode, there's like, who's to say who first did anything, really? Right. You know what I mean? Like, these guys 
can't think that they're the first person to put some broth on a fucking sandwich. Somebody had to have done that at some yeah. point in the past. And I bet both Philippe and and the guy who uh, formed Cole's, Cole, Cole, I'm imagining, wherever they're from, their mom, their grandma, somebody did that shit. And that's and, and that's where they kind of that's where they got it. But I do like the idea that, oh, shit, oops, I dropped the bun into the <laughs> yeah. to the juice. And the little stories are all about marketing. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Now we've it got fun a line now. around the block yeah, yeah. because of a mistake we made. Right. You know, um, I think my favorite there is like the fuck you have thrown the wet. Yeah. Yeah. Customer. Yeah, exactly. Some construction worker was like, hey, this fucking bread is stale. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, you want stale bread? Here you go. And the guy's like, hey, that's pretty fucking hey, that's pretty good, Philippe, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Philippe, that's dope. Like yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that one too. That's my favorite one. <laughs> As we all know, we're sitting here talking about this on a podcast. I think the French dip broke out of LA and found its way to other places. Via Quiznos. Via Quiznos, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you, um, fat-lipped uh, collage monster that, yeah, that yeah. used to be on their uh, their ads. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's one of you know whether or not it was invented in that moment. It's it's a clear example of one of those things that like was like maybe a fad at first, and people were like, "Dude, have you had the wet sandwich? Like, it's awesome." And yeah. Next thing you know, it becomes a neighborhood staple. Next thing you know, it becomes a classic. And then it's a uh, yeah. You know, I mean, then it's in the cannon. You know, shit. TikTok's doing all these ranch pickles and all that stuff. This is before TikTok though. And it's yeah, kind of like the the new food fad. The fucker ranch pickles. Never heard of that. No, I saw it on a talk show or something. But you just take a ranch pack. I don't think it sounds good. I like ranch. I like pickles. But yeah, take a ranch packet, dump it in a jar of pickles, let it sit for a day. Oh, you know what? That's that's As a some, man who's into fermenting and stuff. That seems like it'd be down your alley. That's some trashy shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's some trashy shit. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll fuck with it. I have to try it. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna ruin some of my beautiful fermented homemade. No, yeah, some Vlasics or something. I might buy some Vlasics, some Clausens. I'll buy some Clausens. Yeah, I'll try some. I'll let you guys know how we how yeah, yeah. pickles come out. All right. <laughs> Next episode of the podcast, ranch pickles are the best ranch fucking thing to ever happen to Put food. them on your French dip. It's fucking amazing. It's pickle cast now. It's not sandwich cast. It's pickle cast. Hey, <laughs> that might be season two. You never yeah. know. <laughs> cool. All right. So <laughs> essentially the French dip is a wet roast beef sandwich. Let's be real here. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wet roast beef sandwich. It's a variation on it's a roast a soggy beef sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. It's, but it's a fucking the best wet way. sandwich. Yeah. But in the best way. Like I was saying before, I love that this sandwich like it doubles down on the meat flavor by adding the jus. And you just get this like beautiful flavor bomb. It's probably, it's a nice filling lunch. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention at, uh, at Philippe's. First off, I haven't been there in a while, but last time I was there, these sandwiches were three fifty each. Oh, wow. They're cheap as fuck. Um, and you can get, um, they had beef and they had lamb. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't, a, you could get either one. The coffee was nine cents. Seriously? It's the worst coffee I've ever fucking had. Yeah. It was nine cents. I think it's 25 cents now. I think they've had to to up it. Inflation. Inflation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have the hottest mustard I've ever had in my fucking life. Really? Sitting in pots on the tables. Uh, you can also buy it to go. Though I think they co-pack it because it doesn't taste the same as the stuff they have on the table. I think they make that shit in-house. And they co-pack the stuff that they sell retail because um, it wasn't as good. and Or maybe it was old. I don't know. 
But anyway, you, you slather that mustard on there. You got your jus. It's heaven. It's 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 simplicity and it's beautiful. Simple and perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so as I was saying, the sandwich is a flavor bomb, but it doesn't have a lot of um, textural. Like it's not very texturally interesting. It's um, it's meat and it's wet bread. Yeah, uh, kind of mushy. Nice, a little mushy, but um, not in a bad way. I'm not. That, I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just. I'm just saying that. Having that having that bread soaked in the jus, you trade off that texture for the flavor. Yeah, you know. I think uh, to the right bread, you know. I think uh, oftentimes underlooked for sandwiches is the bread. You got to have the good uh, good vehicle. Absolutely. So I think with the right kind of bread, I think it would enhance it. Soaking up, you know, spongy but crusty at the same time. You just got to have that right balance. Well, that's like what I was saying. Here. I don't think I don't think um, if you wanted to gussy this up. I don't think going with a traditional baguette would be too bad of an idea because it can hold up to that. Sure. That juice, you know, the only thing I was saying I've had and I've had a French dip in this way. Um, it doesn't reach all the way to the outer crust. And that's what you end up tugging on and pulling on. And then you pull the roast beef out and then, you know, right. it kind of becomes a um, a fight, after, you know, with yeah. that type of thing. Um, so I think, like I said, that that like semi crusty French bread. That's kind of spongy on the inside, but not too, um, not too glutinous, you know, not like, not, not like stretchy, like a, like a baguette can be. Right. I think that's the perfect bread. Um, I also love this idea that the jus was used to soften the stale bread. Like, yeah, (laughs) like, cause like that's to me, that rings true. Like as an origin, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is like a, uh, a delicacy of poverty, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, Kind of like uh, like bean dishes and like rich stews, yeah. casseroles, pot pies. Some of the I best like, foods come out of necessity. Absolutely, man. You like, know? And, so, and, and not only that, some of the most expensive foods on a menu at a restaurant have their origins in country cooking. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You think like how much is a cassoulet? Exactly. You know, when you go somewhere, you know what I mean? And, and what that is is a, is a bean stew with a bunch of leftovers yeah. in it. You know what I mean? Let's be real. They just are French leftovers, so they seem fancy to us. Right. You know, but they got ducks running all around all over fucking Strasbourg, you know? Oh, yeah. You figure a restaurant in an impoverished area is probably owned and operated by impoverished families. Maybe. So, like, yeah. they're not going to throw out all this bread. Or the you know one I mean? rich it, family feeding everybody. I don't that's know. true, too. That's <laughs> yeah. true, too. But it's like you got all this bread laying there getting stale. You going to yeah. get rid of it? Nah, man, nah. dunk it in some broth. No, nah, you're going to dip it in broth. You're going to make yeah. bread pudding. You're going to. Yeah. It's a good, uh, good way to, you know, get, get your nutrients. I mean, you get your carbs from the bread, you get your protein from the meat, but you get a little added protein, vitamins, minerals from that broth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good way to use all of your, you know, use Which everything. Which not, not. Exactly. You know, and, you know, the thing about that is that you, you stumble on deliciousness all the time by, you know, cooking isn't art. It, you know, I used to say that it was, but it just shares a lot of things with art. And one of those things is composition in the point in the in the fact that you are throwing elements together on a canvas in relation to each other. Right. And it's important how they relate to each other. You know, so when you, if you're talking about painting or drawing or whatever, it's, you know, negative space versus positive space, form, function, golden ratios, all that shit. When you're talking about cooking, you're talking about you know, flavor balances and textural kind of contrast and things sure. like that. Temperatures. And all, temperatures, all that stuff. 
Um, and all those compositions are arranged in such a way, but the palate is your tongue and your nose and, and the plate itself, you know, when, if you're in a hot, you know, uh, a, a cuisine environment where you are plating it, you know? Sure. So all that stuff is incredibly important. And the thing about making art is that when you're boundless, it's hard to make that art. But when you, as soon as you set some parameters for yourself and you, have some, you know, some clear limitations on what you can and can't do, it suddenly becomes, the possibilities suddenly seem endless. And I think the same thing applies to how a lot of these dishes came around. People just had what they had and they put it together. Guess what? It was fucking delicious. And because it was delicious, they replicated it and they tried it again. And the their cousin down the road tried it again. And right. their grandma in the next village tried it. You yeah. Know, and, you know, next thing you know, it's a it's a thing and there is a way to make it. It becomes codified, you know. Yeah. Similarly, I think it's really interesting if you think of like, for instance, something I heard mint pairs well with lamb. It's a classic pairing. Oh, well, yeah. If you watch what the, the lambs will eat, they eat a lot of the wild mint growing. So they think that will naturally pair I mean, yeah. or what you eat. Also, they, you know, hay smoked chicken is a big thing. I mean, chickens are hanging out in hay, probably eating some hay. So it kind of just makes sense that their environment influences certain flavor profiles. And it, and it makes sense that the chef would choose those things to pair with those those meats because it's around. Yeah. Just like, you know what I mean? Like, just like for the chicken, it's around, it's around yeah, for the, I mean, no. the cook. You know, why not? You might not it. think chicken and coconut because they might not be around. Right. But yeah. Maybe that's, I'm sure. I mean, but in Thailand, that, sure. Yeah, in Thailand, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I guess in France you don't think that, for instance. No, but you do think chicken and you know corn and I mean, corn, corn, chicken and coke, chicken and Bordeaux wine, or I'm sorry, Burgundy wine. Sure, know, yeah, and mushrooms. Yeah, you know that's what's that? Coco vin, delicious. Oh yeah, yes please. It's probably why any sort of pig meat can be paired with literally garbage and it still tastes good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these motherfuckers eat everything. Right. Or um, or apples, apples, pork and apples is like. Like super classic combo and and pork and cherries too. I see that a lot too. Yeah, because, I mean it's such a sweet meat. It lends well to the I, I, pork is fun for me. Cause pork's it's great. Yeah, and it's more so versatile. Yeah, yeah versatile. Yeah. Um. Sorry, sorry we didn't have you on the ham episode. That's oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know this idea of like it being refined and honed over generations is one of those things that like I think constantly comes up uh on this show because you know we're just talking about these food ways that don't really belong to any one person or any one culture even even um, in cultures that can claim something there's a connection to to something else you know what i mean that la can claim the french dip but you know the guy was from france and he spent time in buffalo you know what i mean he brought all of that stuff with him you know and uh, that's amazing to me. I just love that. So speaking of buffalo, we have a couple of variations on this sandwich. I can only come up with two in my research, but maybe maybe you guys can think of more. I don't know. Um, now, that being said, we already are talking about a variation of a roast beef sandwich. So we're like in like sub subcategory territory sure. here. And. That will lead me to one digression I do want to go on, and maybe you guys can bear with me, help me out here a little bit. Joe, one of the major projects that SandwichCast is engaged in is trying to, like, 
create like a genealogy of these sandwiches, like a like a family tree. Okay. You know, a a taxonomy cat- kind of taxonomy. Thank you. Sure. That's the, that is exactly the word I mean. Um, and I'm just trying to think of the best ways to organize, you know, these sandwiches in a way that makes sense and that it can, you know, show the relationship of sandwich to sandwich, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm just trying to come up with the organizational strategy here. Sure. So um, do you have any like initial thoughts on on that? How, how would you what's your instinct if somebody's like how how would you organize these sandwiches where would you start it's for me it's tough because you're like i think every sandwich something that is common maybe not so much certain ones i'm thinking of but it it seems more or less they have one main ingredient there's a main ingredient now we're talking about like an italian sub it's got three meats but those are kind of the highlights sure a grilled cheese is a cheese or roast beef is beef so if you're thinking of it in that realm i think that you do it on the main ingredient now you could also go bread type because yeah. a, a euro See, I wanted, would never I wanted, to, I wanted to even go a little more um broader than that and kind of okay and and have a way where you can slot in any kind of any sandwich in that in that form into that spot you know what i'm saying so like let me give you an example and i don't even know if this is the right way to think about it but in the animal kingdom you know you have like Archaea, Protea, and fungi, I guess. And then all those break into their separate, you know, phyla and and families and genera sure. on down to species, right? I was trying to get towards something like that. Right, right. And I feel like, you know, and, and I did I did see some problems when I started to explore it further down into the subgenres on this division. But I feel like an important division, and maybe it doesn't have to be the archaea and protea of the whole thing, but is, is it served on a whole loaf or is it served on sliced bread? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is it a hamburger bun or is it sliced from a loaf? Is it a, yeah. a roll or is it sliced from, you know what I'm saying? And the difference being that the crust is pretty much around the whole sandwich or it's just on the edge of the sandwich. Right. Right. Um, so in that sense, would a burger and a hoagie be in the same? They would be in the same, you know, category. Kingdom, I kingdom, guess in, kingdom. In, in the analogy. Sure. Right? Okay. And no, slice know, bread, but a, but a patty melt would be in a different kingdom. Not a burger. That's my. That's what. And, and okay. it was when I was considering the patty melt is where I came into that problem because yeah. they're both burgers. Yeah. So is it more important to categorize both of those as burgers, or is it more sure. important that? One is on this bun and one is on slice right. bread because they are completely different experiences. Well, I think that the term burger refers specifically to the fact that it's ground beef right. in a patty form. So that would be more like what he's talking about. Ingredient. Your ingredient. Yeah. You're, you're kind of expanding beyond that. So what your definition is, is beyond burger. Like those yes. would fall into burger, but, but in your taxonomy. So I do have like a, even a, a, a subcategory of those. And maybe this is where it should start. But like you have a cold cut sandwich, right? You have a cooked sandwich. And that obviously has a whole uh, array of things that it opens up. We have the we talked about the paste sandwich. So peanut butter and jelly, sure. pimento cheese, cucumber and cream cheese, that type of thing. Right. Uh, you know, pate. You know, yeah, it's a paste sandwich. It's a kind of its own thing, you know. Right. There's a salad sandwich, chicken salad, tuna salad. Yep. You know that type of thing. And we came up with the. Uh, Do we call it the cuisine sandwich? The meal sandwich. It's like more in the cuisine. I think it was realm. a cuisine sandwich, but like uh, croque monsieur, 
a hot brown yeah. things that's it's not necessarily open face but you need a knife and fork yeah you covered in a sauce of some sure. sort but it's still a sandwich you know and so you can go into cold cut and you could talk about an italian deli sandwich you can talk about a jewish deli sandwich you can talk about a club sandwich you, you know and then you get kind of have those subcategories cooked sandwich i this is where i just where i spent the most time on last night um shaped ground so a burger a meatball, a falafel. Okay. You know, those are yeah. all shaped ground foods that are then processed in some way, cooked, baked, yeah. fried, whatever, and then put into the sandwich. You have loose meat sandwiches, uh, manwich, uh, pulled pork, that type of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of its own thing too, right? Right. Barbecue sandwiches kind of, kind of. Had a, kind of cross hybridized with loose meat a little bit. Fried, fried chicken, falafel kind of comes in there, yeah. obviously, you know, um, and then direct heat. So grilled chicken sandwich, baked chicken sandwich, right. you know, seared on the pan, you know. So I feel like those are like the kind of ways that I, in my mind, immediately wants to parse these things and the, and the way that can create the most kind of connections. I feel like the only way to solve this issue is going to be because if you want one singular path that leads you to all the different branches in a single tree, you know, comparing it to like an animal thing or, or like evolution or family tree, those don't have anything to do with what's actually in the tree. It's no. change over time. That's true. So if you want a singular family tree of sandwiches, you'd have to do it chronologically. Maybe I'm um, stuck on the wrong metaphor. You know, yeah, maybe it's not about a family it, tree. If you want to do it based on the construction of the sandwich, the ingredients, you would have to have several different trees. Like one tree would be for, for the bread. One tree would be yeah. splitting it up amongst the meats. But if you want to connect those together, you're going to have complications there. Unless and you I'm, do it I'm with okay time. with con complications, but there's got to be a way to integrate it. There's yeah. got to, and, and, that, and I'm, I'm making it one of my projects. There's got to be a way to have an integrated kind of singular you know, document that you could look at and at least cover the categorical similarities of the world sandwiches. Although I would like to also see a chronological version, like how sandwiches have changed specifically over time, regardless well, of what's in them. We might have to get a food historian on yeah. that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe, you know, season two, three, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. get that, get that far. Or, you know, maybe I'll just start doing research and we'll get there. But I like that idea. No, it's really neat. I never thought of it like that, but yeah. Yeah, you know. I um, like that, like moving beyond just, you know, flavors. One thing we were half joking about was actually getting like a taxonomist on the show. Oh, yeah. And like, just like helping us organize it in yeah. a way that it could be That'd organized. Be really awesome. And I think, and that was a really good point that, you know, you're looking at a um, genealogical family tree of uh, life on earth and you're going to get a, like you say, kind of a chronological picture yeah. of of how these things are related. Because you know? like you could have a grandpa that was With a construction worker, and, yeah. but your dad was a chef. Sure. You know, they don't go together in any way other than that chronologically they followed one another. Fair. But I do think, though, that there, there are forms that things have in common. You know what I mean? And discovering those, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like when you're looking at, uh, you know, when you're comparing species, a lot of times, 
you know, morphology, you know, the way things are, look don't often have anything to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, a, a whale and a human are both mammals, right? And it's, it's about the environmental pressures that gave them the shapes that they have, right? And there's got to be a kind of similar way of looking at how these sandwiches came about. You know, the environmental pressure of a huge line around the block and all this extra broth everywhere and blah, blah, sure. what are we doing here? You know, right. like somebody had the innovation to put it all together at some point, you know? And But then you run into like those problems where it's like, you have more in common genealogically with mushrooms than you do with ferns. Sure. But you'd think just looking at them, no, mushrooms and ferns have way more in common. Right, exactly. So like there's just such a complicated arrangement going on there. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's traceable though. Um, yeah. You know, doing research uh, and, you know, we haven't got to this yet, but doing research on like the pita sandwich, uh, you know, the donor kebab, the gyro, shawarma, uh, al pastor even. Um it all comes from Turkey, you know, and it's all like Turkish immigrants going to these separate places and and the donor kebab being transformed by the local, you know, culinary culture there. You know, the gyro, they ground the lamb and put it on the spit instead of whole pieces. You know, the they use different spices in Lebanon. You know, they use pork in Mexico, you know, so just the different ways that people do shit, you know, uh, we say that it's, it made me think a little bit of what we were talking about, maybe like, like different variations, but like, it makes me think of birria tacos. Cause you're dipping totally. the, yeah. you're dipping the goat taco and the goat consomme. It's yeah. That's a, that's a good segue actually into, into variations. Yeah. Cause you could totally say that birria tacos is a variation on the French that Mexican dip. I mean, consomme is a very French. It's not, I, I don't think Mexico, Mexican cuisine, when I think consomme, consomme is very French. No, no. So there has to be some French influence. But, there. I mean, you know, Brodo or whatever they call, they yeah. call it, uh, you know, um, has always been a thing. And, I, you know, sure, it's not, you know, just, it's you could clarify a broth in many ways, right? Right. So I can see it. But, yeah, consomme, the word. The and, word. You know, this yeah, is a... This a, is a um, kind of an issue we run into with sandwiches in general and trying to come up with, you know, what is and what isn't a sandwich. You get stuck on this word sandwich because it comes from, you know, English. Excuse me. You know, and it's not, and consomme comes from, from French, but that's the word we have for a clarified broth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what we're going to call it. Sure. Even though it might have, you know, so when I say sushi is a sandwich, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to put sushi in relation to the rest of, you know, cult, the world culinary, you know, kind of milieu here. And to me, that's the best category that it fits in, you know, because of uh, its construction, because of its uh, history and all, all yeah, stuff, protein you know and I mean? casein and carb. That's it. Absolutely. Cool. So I like the idea of birria uh, with the consomme dip as a variation on the French dip. Yeah. Um, Another one is the beef on weck from Buffalo, New York. Uh, have you guys experienced this at all? Have not. Haven't, but I'm a little from, you know, I've seen it on TV. I think yeah. Maddie, Maddie Matheson. Yeah, I've yeah, sure. One or right. something. He's from, that's right. He's, he's, he's from, from that uh, area. What, Ontario or something. Yeah, from, like, just, just from, north, yeah. He's from Canada, I think. Um, and there's a there's actually a, a bar here in Cincinnati that's Buffalo theme, and they do a great uh, beef on weck. Um, so similar to the French dip, it's a thinly sliced roast beef, but instead of served on a French bread uh, loaf, it's served on Komovec, 
which is a, a bread roll, like a Kaiser roll situation. Yeah. And it's dipped in caraway seeds and salt on the, like on the bread. And that's como means caraway seeds in German, apparently. Weck means roll. Um, so caraway and salt roll. And that they the way they do it is they dip the bun and they serve it to you. Dip the bun. With a bunch of fucking horseradish on the side. Man. Sounds good. Real good. Really good. Um, it's on a round bun, though. It's not on a on a, a round roll. bun, like a or, like a Kaiser roll situation. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it's like you know, got an egg wash, it's glossy. You know, it's like it's really good, right? And the other variation I found was Chicago Italian beef. Yep. So thin sliced roast beef. Uh, this time, usually on like a long kind of hoagie roll, and it usually has like a spicy jardinera on it. Or if you don't like spicy, you can get sweet peppers and they, whenever I've seen it, they like basically just pour some of the juice in the the serving dish and just plop the sandwich in. It's coming, it. yeah. It was need a knife and fork. It's wet like. as fuck. Yeah, you yeah. Can't, you, like you can't. You pick it up, it falls apart. You need a knife and fork. Yeah, this might be on the on the border of a cuisine sandwich. I don't know. Like yeah, it's, it's like almost there, but it's decidedly not served in a cuisine setting. It's fast food. It's yeah. you know, you come and get it, you take it home. It's what the bear. The show the bear was. Man, what a f- what a fucking great show that was! It was awesome. I really enjoyed. It. Did you get like anxiety at, like all the other chefs? Who, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I powered through it, and the first day it came out, yeah, uh, that's actually same. when I got Hulu. I got Hulu because of that. Yeah, and, uh, powered through it. I think the second seasons do June anytime. Yeah, June, in a month, June or July. Yeah, that show was so good, and I powered through it too. Like I when I was a stay at home dad. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it was just like nap time. I'd watch like four of them. And my wife came home. I was like, you have to watch this show. And I watched it again with her. It's so good. But yes, that is a show about a Chicago-style Italian beef restaurant. And more than that, of course. Yeah, yeah, so I love the addition of birria because I I can only find those two variations. But it seems like one of those things that, isn't there like a French dip everywhere? Doesn't everybody kind of have one? I feel like you can... It's one of those things that if you go to like a bistro in any town, they are likely to have a French dip on their sure. menu. You know what I mean? You could probably find one in any town you're in. Yeah. It's just interesting how things get that get to that point, you know? Yeah. So um we were talking about the categories a minute ago. What what where where does this lie? Where does this where does this go? So is it a form like a hoagie? Would that be its own? Yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's a is I'm it a not, cuisine I'm not sandwich? Quite sure if a, it's not a cuisine sandwich. It's definitely a cold cut sandwich, uh, okay. even though it's so, served warm. Thinly sliced meat. It's thinly sliced meat. Sure. That comes from, um, you know, when I think of cold cuts, they're usually, you know, preserved in yeah, some way. They're sure. usually uh, like, Cured, cured. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. With some nitrates or just salt yeah. or something. I mean, turkey's not, but it it is. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it is. you know, it, it, it especially if you get it from the grocery store, it's got some type of preservative. Sure, in it, you know. Um, now, roast beef typically is not made by adding nitrates. I, I've seen versions of it, like you know, I'm sure if you get it from the deli, it probably yeah. has some some pink salt or something. In it. When I make it, I just use salt. Yeah, and, so and seasonings. I worked at Eckerland Meats for a couple of years, yeah. and uh, we actually developed a really awesome Sakura Wagyu roast beef. Ooh. With uh, we were getting, 
I can't. One of the round cuts. It wasn't eye of round. It was either top round or bottom round. I want right. to say it was top round though. And roast beef usually is made from from round. I think personally, it's the best. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, you, it it slices better. Like if you're doing something from the shoulder, like the chuck, it's it's the grain. It's the grain. It's the grain. It's, right. it's, it's 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 the round comes from like the the back of the the back leg of the cow. So hey, Dylan, that's beef ham, buddy. But beef, beef that's, ham. That's the beef butt, man. Basically, yeah. yeah. But uh, comes from that back muscle, and yeah, I think you're right. It's just like that; it slices perfectly. Um, get on a meat slicer, and when you slice it, it doesn't fall apart. It it stays yeah, together. It, holds, Scott, it keeps its integrity. It keeps its integrity. It's not like it's Chuck, like, where it's gonna shred. Chuck right. is you know, Chuck is good roast. for braising, right? And chuck roast. I mean, the, the short rib comes from the Chuck. Right. I mean, yeah. But uh, no, we would actually. Uh, it's something I kind of helped develop, but we would season it. No added nitrates or anything but just season it with a good made like a beef seasoning uh and sous vide it overnight 135 beautiful it's perfect and you get and you get the au jus right in the bag the next day it's a little salty i dilute it and yeah our take on a french dip a lot for a special there that sounds really good it was i um i stumbled across one of those internet recipes that um when i first saw it i was like the fuck out of here but then i tried it a few times and it works really well it's i've just i've just seen it called the oven off method and you, what you do is you, you know, you season it. And what I, what I like to do is I like to do like 3% salt by weight. Uh, that's kind of a, a lot of salt, but yeah. I, I want it to last in the fridge for a little while. Sure. Um, and, you know, I do like a, you know, bay leaf, salt, pepper, bay leaf, pepper, um, sometimes coriander, you know, just yeah. some flavorful things that go on cured meats, you know, depend, I, I switch it up depending on how I feel. And you uh, wrap that in foil or you, you let it let it sit overnight and you turn your oven on as high as it'll go, basically. Not broiler, but like 525, something sure. like that. You put it in the oven for 20 minutes. Then you turn the oven off. and Or it's like you put it in the oven for so many minutes per pound. Basically. Sure. You know, ten, like eight minutes per, per three pounds. Right, like that. right. Uh, you, and then you turn it off and then you let it sit until the oven goes cold. And it comes out perfectly medium rare. Uh, I could see that working. It works perfectly well. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where I was kind of like, that doesn't sound safe. It doesn't really, I don't know about that. Right. Uh, but it comes out perfectly beautiful every time. I could see that working. Yeah. And then, you know, what I would do is I would eat, I would like slice half of it, vacuum seal it, and then vacuum seal the other chunk. And then, you know, that usually ended up in, yeah. you know, in a dinner at some point or whatever. Right, right. But um, I love that idea. Um, you know, I think a lot of people just like, it's what they say. It's literally roast beef. They put it in a low, low, slow oven, Yep. you know, and let it cook and let it go. I mean, every culture does roast beef, but there's a big, I know there's a big, like, English, English cuisine zone for their oh, Sunday yeah. roast. Absolutely. I think that that's what, like French dips and just roast beefs or an amalgamation maybe of that classic English it's roast beef. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think this is what the Earl of Sandwich was probably eating at the probably. gambling table. You know, right. It's probably a roast maybe beef Maybe it was a sandwich. French dip. Could have been a French dip. Yeah. Bring me some Jew too, servant. <laughs> yeah. I want to keep gambling. Yeah, I think that the roast beef sandwich is just one of those like European-like forces that came over with every culture that came to America and, you know, it's all sure. American now, but, right. you know, everybody's kind of got their version of it. Right? right. And, you know, I love almost every iteration of, I love one of my favorite things to do is 
whenever I make roast beef is I have, I'll, you know, I'll slice it fairly thin, as thin as I can in my home kitchen. Right. Um, sliced bread, lots of mustard, lots of horseradish, cheddar, and sliced raw onions. That's all I want. Sounds great. It's it's fantastic. It's like a that's like a pub sandwich. I oh, feel yeah. like that's like pint of bitters, that like cold ass sandwich. Like it just, like sounds oh, yeah. perfect to me. Oh, yeah. like, it's one of my things. Um, and not come to think of it, that sandwich would not suffer at all from a little cup of hot beef juice next to it. Oh, wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> that sandwich would not suffer yeah. at all that way. Oh man. And I don't want to. I don't want to blow blow my load for roast beef sandwiches for future episodes. But I just got to give a shout out to this spot in Brooklyn called Rollin' Roaster, and it was uh, it was a roast beef spot a la Arby's, but local and you know sure. not weird and industrial. You know, we have the meat. <laughs> we have the meats. <laughs> Is that Ving Rhames? I think. I think Ving <laughs> Rhames does the voice for that. Yeah, hilarious. Make that money, Ving. <laughs> yeah um but anyways way down near like tony island and i would like get a hankering and i'd ride my bike all the way from north brooklyn down here it was like a fucking hour and a half bike oh, ride wow. and i get down there and, you, and like inevitably when i go there it'd be like 20 firefighters getting some road roast. you know like <laughs> yeah. it's like just like this is brooklyn as fuck and ro- you know it's a roast beef sandwich it came on like an onion roll like a like a squishy like yeah. onion roll uh egg and onion and you can get they cut rare for you. They cut medium rare. Okay. They cut well done. You can get like cheese sauce on it, like yeah. fucking queso, basically. Um, and they make it wet. They want you want to dip it in there. They dip it for you. You know. Sure. So I'll throw rolling roaster on there as another kind of variation, even though it's not technically a dip sandwich. If you want it that way, you can get it that way. It's more just. It's more like the traditional restaurant roast beef. Sure, you know, thin slice roast beef on a soft roll, right? And it's fan fucking tastic. Um, there's a lot, you know. I miss New York sometimes, not completely. Uh, it's like one of those things. Like when I left, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna miss New York so much. And then like six months later, I was like, damn, you know what? I don't miss it. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was just fine where I was, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's it's a hectic place. It's hard to live there, you know. Sure, uh, it's an amazing place, you know. But one thing I do miss, man, is uh, one, Chinese food. Oh, and two, like Rollin' Roaster. Yeah. Rollin' Roaster, bro. That's a great name, too. It is. <laughs> cool. All right. So I think those are like the variations on the French dip. It's not, it's a very simple sandwich. So there's not going to be a lot of ways you can, you can fuck with it. You know, you don't want to add lettuce you don't want to add i don't want tomatoes on my no you know what i mean like it, it just gets in the way of what we're doing here what about cheese i was gonna say maybe some cheese the one thing i will say about that is that if the cheese is laid on too thickly it gets gloopy yeah and it drops into the i've experienced this it drops and it kind of the coagulates a little coagulates bit. it gets hot and yeah, yeah it just doesn't so like maybe a nice piece of like sturdy like emmentaler style there you swiss go. cheese sure. you know not Provolone, where it's going to get droopy, right. not, not Gruyere, where it's going to melt all into it. Right. Like a real, like, nice, sturdy, fairly cheese. sturdy, bouncy cheese, yeah. you know, that, that melts. Um, Gruyere melts, but when it melts, it drips. When Emmentaler melts, it stretches, kind of like yeah, mozzarella right. or sure. something, you know. 
So something like that. I can see mozzarella going on that, actually. Yeah. That'd be a, a weird variation, but I can see that. Maybe a little burrata. That'd be actually. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that with the temperatures, though. You got the hot and the cold. Yeah. If you do the cold burrata and the hot. I think that would be good. That'd be all right, I think. Yeah, yeah. I like the temperature content. And in that case, if we're going to throw some burrata on it, maybe tomatoes can come back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're going that route, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, a little cheese is fine. But for the most part, you know, I could, I've, I think I've seen it with like sauteed or caramelized onions. I can on see there, that being good and too. I can see that being good. But for my money, go ahead and saute and caramelize those onions and throw them in the broth. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And like it's like a French onion soup French dip. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds all right to me. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're gonna go French onion soup, then maybe go ahead and throw the Comte or Gruyere back in the <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in the sandwich. Yeah. We can, we can do it that yeah. way. <laughs> but you know, I in that case, I guess I'd want it like a fairly like thick slice so it doesn't run too much. It's not too melty. Not That's like, what you mean. Yeah, not um yeah, you not don't grated. Want to- yeah, you don't like a cheesy broth necessarily. Right, exactly. All right, cool. So any other notes on variations? You guys, like I said, super simple. Cool. I can't think of like a condiment that would work with that. Even. I think mustard. I can see mustard. Mustard. With the problem of like the cheese dripping in, would you not have like the dripping mustard problem? But see, it's, you just have to have it soak into the bread enough. The problem with the with the dripping cheese is that it like cools it way down and it just like made it like weird and like it, it just like kind of messed the texture of the jus up a little bit um whatever it's all going in the same hole like, so. you know <laughs> not every sandwich needs cheese either i think Agreed. people need to be yeah aware of that not everything Agreed. needs cheese just, we do fried chicken sandwiches at riches and people add cheese and i'm like why you don't really need i that. don't really want a f- piece of cheese on my fried chicken yeah I, that being said i don't really want a piece of cheese on my grilled chicken either no like i don't really need that um exception goat cheese Okay, yeah. Like, I mean, but that's more like a spreadable condiment at that point, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like cream cheese almost. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't really need a slice of like um, semi firm or, or firm cheese no. on it because it's, um, it makes it like texturally complicated at that yeah. point. And, you know, all that breading and everything. And then you got the like, almost gummy cheese in that situation. Yeah. Not, I mean, not everything needs cheese. Agreed. Uh, not everything needs cheese, ladies and gentlemen. That's sandwich cast <laughs> rule number number three. And if you're going to serve me something with cheese on it and you do that Waffle House bullshit with just like the American single square on there, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Except, except <laughs> in a grilled cheese. And grilled cheese. You better I mean, give me that square. For sure. <laughs> Honestly, on like a, like a, some would say that American cheese is the best burger, burger. burger cheese. I, I might say that. I, yeah. yeah I it might depends too. on the burger. Exactly. Yeah. On a griddle burger, absolutely. Yeah. On a bistro burger, maybe I'll take some Swiss. Yeah. You know? Havarti, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Or like, I, I do love like a bacon blue burger. Like, yeah. I do one of those occasionally. Good. With the caramelized onions. Oh, yeah. That's pretty legit. All right. We're not talking about burgers here. We're talking about <laughs> French dips. All right. Cool. So, yeah. All right. I mean, those are variations, and that's beautiful. And I love like, the work that we're able to do on the, like the category parameters. Cause I think that there is a way to group these things together. And this so far is a cold cut is a cold cut sandwich. It's cooked and it's served on a whole loaf. So there's gotta be a way to kind of like, 
you know what? That might be it, Dylan. It's kind of like they can be these points yeah. that that each one hits. I wonder if right? you could do a graph with like an x-axis and a y-axis. I was just about to have, say the same thing. Yeah. Check almost like a check. Right. I don't know what you even call that, but some kind of an x and a y graph. Where a you coordinate, have, I guess. Like, coordinate, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if you could map something. Whole that loaf, way. roast beef. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Whole loaf, roast beef, boom, F3. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's like Battleship, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Battle sandwich. Battle I sandwich. Love it. Hell yes. Yeah. On a sub roll. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. actually beautiful. I like yeah. that. That's that's gorgeous. It's, sandwich battleship. I feel like we made a breakthrough on sandwich yeah. cast today. That's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. I think we've tackled the the French dip here. And yeah. um, you know I learned a lot today. The meat is wet. That's what I will say. Wet meats. Um can I ask a couple questions? Sure. You down, you down with that? You, you got time for that? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. So, first question. Do you like this sandwich? Do you eat this sandwich? The French dip? Yeah. I don't have a ton of experience with it, but I like the idea of it. I mean, conceptually, yeah. I would say I do. I remember enjoying my French dip at Quiznos. Um, but it's not something that... Where do you go in Cincy to... Get a French That's dip. That's a good question, man. I mean, um, I'm from Cincy, born and raised, and I unfortunately so, haven't traveled a whole, whole lot. I'm not quite sure where to get a French dip. I do know where to get a beef on weck. Where is that? At the Pony. At the Pony, at okay. At the Pony on Main Street. They have a beef on weck. It's legit. It's delicious. That'll be one of my next uh, food ventures. Go to the Pony. Yeah. Have beef on weck. Um have some fries. The fries are delicious. They're fat. They're like really fat fries. Okay. Uh, but they like are crispy. Like they're really good. Have a beer. Sure. Uh, and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go up the street. Go go to go to another bar. After right. That. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sandwich is legit. Um, they got really good wings. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. That's my answer. The pony. Okay. That's, and, you know, they give you it's. um beef on weck but they give you the the side of jus it's not okay like dipped in. sure so yellow more control i like there. being able to control it you know yeah same here and i admittedly when i was a, a young kid i remember uh always just uh the wet bread just wasn't for me i like i had i, 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 I struggled with uh yeah. like cheese conies for instance i, I think that cheese conies can get kind of sloppy a little true. sloppy and in adulthood, I can appreciate it now, but I, I didn't like the wet point. bread. I think this is an adult sandwich. Up. It is. This yeah. is a this is a like you know because a kid might not have the dexterity to handle right. this type of thing, yeah. and especially like if you're going to Coles or Philippe's in L.A., that mustard is real hot. It's dude. not for kids. It's not for kids. Yeah. It's a hot fucking mustard, and it's you go into Philippe's. And it's like you stepped into the 40s. There's like sawdust on the floor. Sounds awesome. They yeah. got sawdust and like all the like original tables. Sure. It's just like these vaulted ceilings, long benches. You know, it's not like, you know what I mean? You go, you right. get your sandwich and you get out of there. It's like yeah, that yeah. spot, you know? Sure. So um, it's like you're transported a little bit. When you're I love there. that. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Uh, but it's it's a it's an adult experience, I would say, you know? Um, and I love that about it. So, follow-up question, um, and, you know, you may ha- may or may not have an answer since you don't eat this sandwich that often, but what's the best version you've had, And if you, if you can think of it, and set the scene? And if not, then just tell me about an awesome roast beef sandwich you had, man. Yeah, so uh, I remember it was a 
years ago it was and I don't even remember. It would be a variation. Let's say um, it was an, an Italian beef sandwich, which I can consider in the same family. Oh yeah, no, we established it as a variation. But I was definitely. at uh, this is probably we're talking six years ago. But uh, when I was a chef at the Littlefield, I was at Westside Brewery one night on my day off and. There's a food truck. I don't remember the name of the truck. It might not they have even had awesome a name. Food trucks they Westside. do. Yeah. There was just a dude. He was making Chicago, you know, Italian beef sandwiches, and he did the the, the jardinier was right. The the pickles, the the pickled peppers, everything he did in house. That was probably the best iteration of like a, a, a of like a, a wet beef sandwich that I, I could remember. Well, you know, that's a really good segue to my next question. Then, since we're at Westside Brewery, what is a good drink pairing with this? Oh, uh, with the jus, I would see like a nice red wine or I could see, say like a, a crisp, maybe slightly hoppy Kolsch or like a, or honestly. I like the idea of a Kolsch. Yeah. You know, also just like a good, like old fashioned cream soda might be good. Yeah. I was going to say like a fucking Coke. A Coke would like be a, good. Like a Coke yeah. like would be really good root with beer that. float maybe or a something like float. that. Just I was also thinking like maybe like an amber lager. Or like, a, yeah. or like a brown ale even would like just really like. Not something super robust like a porter. but No, like not that a, not that hot. Something still kind of crisp. Yeah. And something that kind of like quaffable little, like little that. A little carm- caramel note though. Uh, Bell's Best Brown. Oh, yeah. Like that and a French dip. You could probably do a cool au jus with the brown. That would be really good. I mean, I know, yeah. yeah. In Belgium, they use a lot of beer and cooking beef. They do, so. yeah. Uh, carbonade. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Car- you can get carbonade. At like every brasserie in Europe, like oh yeah, yeah, it's like like yeah. Switzerland, France, I just sure. carbonade. It's like the cheapest thing on the menu. Like right. always, like cool. So, um, if you had to eat one au jus sandwich, where in the world would you eat it? There's really only one answer here. One au jus sandwich. Yeah, Quiznos, obviously. Quiznos. Obviously, it's Quiznos. <laughs> <laughs> Just learning about Philippe's and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Coles. Coles. One of those two, I, I'd yeah, say, if that's, that's if that's where it originated, yeah. I'd say Philippe's. Yeah, Philippe's is great. Sounds like it's got a little more history, a little more backing to it, maybe. Yeah, Coles is older. Coles opened in 1908 and Philippe's opened in 1918. But Philippe's is the place that I've always gone. Um, Philippe's is the place I always hear about. Coles, I, I didn't even hear about it till later. Um, now that's my own biography who knows why that happened but it probably was because <laughs> when i was living in la at the time i didn't have a car and i would take the train all the time and i was living in pasadena and i had to go out to santa monica to work on this movie and uh, i was working the movies at the time and i had that which mean i had to take the blue line to downtown los angeles to union station and that's where the hub to the yellow and the red line are and they go to different parts of LA and Philippe's is pretty much in the shadow of Union Station so if I had time to kill I'll explore a neighborhood I just I just stumbled upon Philippe's one day and then I would then you know they have like in the gift shop they have the books and whatnot and I was like stumbling through and it's like oh this place is historical you know All I was looking at was the fact that I could have like three sandwiches for like twelve bucks. <laughs> right, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, and they, they were really good, and the mustard was fucking delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love a good spicy mustard. Absolutely, you're. I think Philippe's Coles is the exact right I, answer. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Dylan's gonna look at the randomizer here, and I'm gonna ask you if this sandwich were a blank, what would it be? And Dylan's gonna decide what that blank is. 
I like the car or vehicle. I think that's, that's an interesting one. <laughs> All right, cool. If this sandwich were a car or a vehicle, what would it be? And it could be like a make or a model or a type of, you sure. know. Because I just like the idea of like, you know, if, if PB&J <laughs> is mom vans. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what, what does that make a risk? PB&J is a radio fire Frank's wagon. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Ferrari of sandwiches? Oh, man. It's got a, it's got gold and caviar on it. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking like a, like a Lincoln Continental maybe. Like I could see like a. Something old school, classic. A town car. A little town, yeah, town, a, a town car, maybe, yeah. yeah. A Lincoln town and country. It. Yeah, one of those big like, boat cars you don't, you know. Yeah, but here's the thing about those. Those, they look generic, but like a town car is like fucking like $70,000. Oh, yeah. Like, what would be something that maybe looks kind of classy, but is actually cheap? Oh, you know okay. Saying? Like, yeah. I wonder, like. Maybe the opposite of that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, like. Cause I feel like I feel like the French dip is low key like you because it's in bistros and stuff. You're yeah. like, oh, that's kind of fancy. But then you learn about the history of it. It's like, wait, that's not fancy at all. Right? Like, <laughs> like at all? It's like that's some working class shit. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's like a uh, maybe I'm opposite. Yeah, uh, it's like if you get the sports package on the Honda Civic, it kind of you know they got the different oh, headlight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's I, the Jew, right? <laughs> Ford Fiesta, that's what I'm driving. Ford I mean, maybe, maybe it's a, yeah. it sounds cool. It sounds like a party, but it sucks. Geo Metro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. A um, couple more questions. Uh, you got a kitchen. You got the Iron Chef kitchen, whatever you sure. want. How would you take this sandwich to the next level? So if I'm my timed or is it just like no, a, no you can do like okay. you got you got a week to I'm, think about it or, or you sure. got five minutes you know whatever. so i'm probably taking a an eye of round or a top round cut not the whole roast but i'm taking that i'm sous vide it for minimum eight hours yeah. i'm going seasonings something like onion garlic powder maybe some fresh chopped garlic actually mm. i like the onion powder though it kind of adds I don't know, just a little. It's a different flavor. It's, it's, it's a different. It's a concentrated flavor. Sure. Yeah. So I do the onion powder, the garlic, the coriander. I love coriander because it's real floral and lemony, and it, so lemon good. goes great with beef. Yeah. Some rosemary, some thyme. I'm stabbing a bunch of holes in the beef, getting a rub on it, probably letting it sit for 24 hours. Heavy salt, salt, pepper. And I'm throwing in the sous vide with some fresh herbs and garlic and onion, Make, making. Giving that a bunch of time, then making the, you know, taking the bag, straining the jus off, adding whatever I need to do that. But uh, probably get a hard sear on the on the beef on the outside, slice it up. Put it, you putting it on the slicer or you, or you got a knife? I'm slicing it on the slicer if I, if I have it. Yeah, I, I like it, you know, paper thin. But uh, honestly, I just dip it right in the jus just to kind of. I, what's, I our, what's our bread looking like? What we got? I like what you were saying. It's something almost like a. Uh, I might be blasphemous, but almost like an Italian hoagie roll, like a like 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 a pane italiano yeah, roll. I can see that. I can see a demi bag at working though. Yeah, I, I, I would. I I I've, I'm always a bigger fan of like the Italian kind of roll. Almost. You know, I'd like to. I'd like to see this on ciabatta. Maybe ciabatta would be good too. I think I it's like see, the hybrid. I can see a ciabatta. Ciabatta would work really like, well. Yeah. Um, ciabatta has that crust, but it's also got the the big gas holes. You know, from yeah. the, from the rise. Where you could probably get a nice toast on it before you put the sure. the meat in there, and maybe even slide a condiment. Up. You know what would be cool? Um, echo that that spice blend. Maybe get some alliums, get some like some like spring onion. Oh yeah, and some uh, 
you know, some, some chives, some garlic, make a nice like paste out of that or oh, yeah. even a compound butter. Hit that on the on the inside of that bread real quick before you do yeah. it. Yeah, I even like toasting the bread in like a garlic butter. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, yeah. But maybe adding like a little bit of like a we were talking a, a riff on it. Maybe like a little onion compote in there. To, that sounds all right too. Yeah, maybe nothing super sweet, but just let the sweetness nice of the onion come yeah. out. And like, if we want to get like a little molecular gastronomy there, I could see like maybe dusting like the inside of the meat with a little bit of like powdered cheese. Like yeah. some type, like a nice powdered cheese, though. for sure. Like, you know, like just just so you get a little bit of cheese flavor, but doesn't yeah. doesn't add any moisture, doesn't do anything else except give you just that like hit of cheese, flavor. a little hit of yeah, yep. I like and, that. Uh, hella hot mustard, please. I like the hot mustard idea. Yeah. Maybe like um, a condiment made with the hot mustard and some horseradish in that. Maybe like a spicy horseradish mustard dijonnais kind of. Dig it. Yeah, I'm eating that. That sounds real good. Sounds awesome. So give me that. Give me the. Give me your beautiful sous vide roast beef. You know what? Give me like a ciabatta loaf. You sure. Know what I mean, like the ciabatta dough, but cooked in in a demi baguette form. You know. Give me some of that onion compote on one side. Give me the dijonnais on the other side. A little bit of cheese powder on top of the dijonnais, like like some like Swiss cheese powder. Oh yeah. And let's like let's just fucking eat it. Let's just have that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me the jus. Maybe maybe in the jus, some of those caramelized onions we were talking about. Yep. And you know maybe a little bit of a, a brown beer reduction. Yeah. Uh, in there too, and I think I think that's some that's some good eating. That's a damn good jus sandwich. I'd say. That sound good. Yes, please. I think that's some next level shit. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Hot takes. Poems, odes, haikus to this sandwich. Uh, I can't think of any poems specifically right. about the French dip. And I, I learned maybe a lot you today. Have one in this your is, back pocket. Uh, this is great. <laughs> I, I learned a lot about the French dip. I'm, I'm hungry now. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a problem with this podcast. Yeah, we'll have I don't to, know. We might have to. A couple weeks, I'll, I'll hit you up if we run a, a French dip at Rich's. The sandwiches are always our pop, most popular special, so maybe we'll do a the French sandwiches dip. are amazing. Yeah, I devoted a whole podcast to them. My favorite food group. Agreed. Hands down. Agreed. I do love some soup, though, I got to say. But what Soup's pairs cl- better with soup than a good sandwich? Crackers. Right. Crackers are <laughs> Crackers. Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that one. <laughs> All right. Call, you know, Joe, this has been awesome. Thank yeah, you for thanks for having over. me. Yep. If you guys want to check uh, me out, I'm going to start up my Instagram, JoJo's Yum Yums. Uh, check me out on Instagram. It'll be up probably by the time this podcast is out. All right. JoJo's Yum Yums. Oh, excuse me. JoJo's Yum Yums. Is that just one word? Is there JoJo's any? underscore Yum Yums. Okay. So on Instagram at JoJo's underscore Yum Yums. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm Kendall Holmes. I've been your host. Producer Dylan Foreman has been on the mic with us. Our guest today was Joe Stauf. 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 Stauf you got it. Um, you know, I just want to remind people that Sandwich Cast is run by amateurs. I'm not a food historian. I'm not a researcher by profession, so we will make errors and we will may need to issue corrections. Um, definitely hit us up at sandwich at sandwichcastpod.com or on Instagram at sandwichcast underscore podcast if you have some thoughts for us. Bye. Bye.